Well, yeah, I mean, if I knew that a guy liked Philly cheesesteaks or something, I would fucking make him the best Philly cheesesteak and, like, find him and drop it off somewhere. I'm, like, weird and romantic like that. And I, I miss that kind of shit. I want to do that shit for oh people. My God. Like, warm cookies and, you know, like, have them delivered to their work or something. And they're like, oh, my God, warm cookies from Pam. That's crazy. Damn. It's like they're weeding it. Right? Yeah. I'm, like, all romantic and shit like that. So. Whatever. You're not like a Julia Roberts pretty room woman no. romantic. <laughs> I don't expect any I don't I don't really expect anyone to ever do anything for me ever. I would like it, but I have no I have no expectations on anyone else because I've I've ne- I've always been disappointed by men in the romantic department. No one's uh. ever I've always wanted a guy to write me a poem or shit like that. I'm into that shit. But you know, not all guys are like that. So that's cool. I, I have enough enthusiasm for the both of us. I think it'll find me. Yeah. Or it'll, excuse me, it'll find you. It'll find you. me. It'll yeah, find it'll you. Fine. Excuse me. Yeah. Knock me off my feet. Cute guy, skateboarder, motorcycle rider, something like that. SFPD. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I could date a cop, but a fireman. I'm She's so down. in. Definitely EMTs, firemen, I'm down. Cops like a lot like to get liquored up too, so be careful. You with know, that. I just <laughs> have never met one that I, I've, I'm so afraid of them, and I've never met one without outfit on. So, <laughs> right without their costume, I've never seen one. So, I don't know because I guess we're in different places, anyways. So, I've dated. Never do it again. There you go. And they were Chicago PD. So Ooh. Well, we not the it. TV show. Not real fucking life. <laughs> well, thank you again. Good luck with this new branch of Livable City. I'm excited to see what happens and to do comedy and book things. And thank you. Yeah, and yeah. I can't wait for Phoenix Day this year. And tomorrow that will still be in October. So Sweet. that is still going to be in October around um, the same date as the Perfect. festival. Perfect, because we can totally plan for it. And um, we can make it big this year. T- yeah. T- and tomorrow I'm dealing with um, I get the opportunity to talk to the SFAC about all the stuff. You do that and we'll be done. And oh, t- yeah. So tomorrow we're setting up all the things and I'm going to get the checks and we're going to have money for promotions and all that stuff. I'm so excited. Ooh. Ooh. OK, well, you're the first, best. First day of Black History Month. And to tomorrow get that was, check. Yes. yes. <laughs> first day of Black History Month. Everybody celebrate and uh, smile at a cop. Save a life. Bye. Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Patrick, go.
Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing 2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. The best barbecue in San Francisco and free comedy? Come get messy with the sauce every Wednesday, 7 p.m. at Baby Blues Barbecue at 3149 Mission Street, just past Cesar Chavez. Hilarious Bay Area stand-up comics, amazing smoked meats, and $5 cans of standard deviant brew. This neighborhood gym is a bizarre and fun weekday night treat with free comedy to tickle your ribs. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. at Baby Blues Barbecue. Reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite to let us know you're coming to laugh. Yee-hoo! Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Artemis Spiderman. But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, bested Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino. I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Ben Mo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. It's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value and the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior in whosthatlive.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to whosthatlive.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in the raffle, I guess. True, 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 true productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. 
Show up to go out for comics, and please, reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. There is... <laughs> happy, happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 278 21st Street. Come down. Be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog fri- we are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 278 21st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. .fm. Here in .sf. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need. Ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we gonna do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. I knew Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine, and even in a drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations on Eventbrite. Talk in public schools. <laughs> in tri-level, dual world of stand-up comedy. Laughter has value, and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com? Comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand up comedy and those that. Who's that? Go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows.
started them, this is the Found Round Sound Show. Shall we? For Halloween that year, the year my sister was two, I dressed up as the Headless Horseman. Before, I'd only ever been ghosts and fat ladies, both of which were easy. All you needed was a sheet and a lot of talcum powder, or a dress and a hat and some padding. But this year would be the last one I'd ever be able to disguise myself, or so I believed. I was getting too old for it. I was almost finished with being 13, and so I felt the urge to make a special effort. Halloween was my best holiday. Why did I like it so much? Perhaps because I could take time off from being myself, or from the impersonation of myself I was finding it increasingly expedient, but also increasingly burdensome, to perform in public. I got the Headless Horseman idea from a story we'd read in school. In the story, the Headless Horseman was a grisly legend and also a joke, and that was the effect I was aiming for. I thought everyone would be familiar with this figure. If I'd studied a thing in school, I assumed it was general knowledge. I hadn't yet discovered that I lived in a sort of transparent balloon drifting over the world without making much contact with it, and that the people I knew appeared to me at a different angle from the one at which they appeared to themselves, and that the reverse was also true. I was smaller to others up there in my balloon than I was to myself. I was also blurrier. I had an image of how the Headless Horseman was supposed to look. He was said to ride around at night with nothing on top of his shoulders but a neck, his head held in one arm, the eyes fixing the horrified viewer in a ghastly glare. I made the head out of paper mache using strips of newspaper soaked in a flour and water paste I cooked myself as per the instructions in the Rainy Day Book of Hobbies. Earlier in my life, long ago, at least two years ago, I'd had a wistful desire to make all the things suggested in this book. Animals twisted out of pipe cleaners, balsa wood boats that would whiz around when you dropped cooking oil into a hole in the middle, and a tractor thing put together out of an empty thread spool two matchsticks, and a rubber band. But somehow I could never find the right materials in our house. Cooking up paste glue was simple, however. All you needed was flour and water. Then you simmered and stirred until the paste was translucent. The lumps didn't matter. You could squeeze them out later. The glue got quite hard when it was dry and I realized the next morning that I should have filled the pot with water after using it. My mother always said, a good cook does her own dishes. But then, I reflected, glue was not real cooking. The head came out too square. I squashed it at the top to make it more like a head, then left it down by the furnace to dry. The drying took longer than I'd planned. And during the process, the nose shrank, 
and the head began to smell funny. I could see that I should have spent more time on the chin, but it was too late to add on to it. When the head was dry enough, at least on the outside, I painted it what I hoped was a flesh color, a wishy-washy bathrobe pink, and then I painted two very white eyeballs with black pupils. The eyes came out a little crossed, but it couldn't be helped. I didn't want to make the eyeballs gray by fooling around with the black pupils on the damp white paint. I added dark circles under the eyes and black eyebrows and black enamel hair that appeared to have been slicked down with brilliantine. I painted a red mouth with a trickle of shiny enamel blood coming down from one corner. I'd taken care to put a neck stub on the bottom of the head, and I painted this red, for where the head had been severed, with a white circle in the middle of the bottom part for the neck bone. The body of the horseman took some thought. I made a cape out of a piece of black fabric left over from a now obsolete puppet stage of mine, gathering it at the neck end, designed to sit on top of my head, and sewing buttons down the front, and cutting two inconspicuous holes at eye level so I'd be able to see out. I borrowed my mother's jodhpurs and riding boots, left over from before she was married. She hadn't ridden a horse since her wedding day, she was in the habit of saying, proudly or regretfully. Probably it was both. But I didn't pay much attention to my mother's tone of voice then. I had to tune it out in order to charge full speed ahead with what I myself was doing. The riding boots were too big, but I made up for that with hockey socks. I safety pinned the jodhpurs around the waist to keep them from falling down. I got hold of some black winter gloves and improvised a horse whip out of a stick and a piece of leather I'd scrounged from the box of archery materials. Archery had once been popular with my father and then with my brother, but my father had given it up and the box had been abandoned in the trunk room in the cellar, now that my brother had to study so much. I tried on the entire outfit in front of my mirror, with the head held in the crook of my arm. I could scarcely see myself through the eye holes, but the dark shape looming in the glass, with two sinister eyeballs staring out balefully from somewhere near the elbow, looked pretty good to me. On the night itself, I groped my way out the door and joined my best friend of the moment, whose name was Annie. Annie had done herself up as Raggedy Ann, complete with a wig of red wool braids. We'd taken flashlights, but Annie had to hold my arm to guide me through the darker patches of the night, which were numerous in the badly lit suburb we were traversing. I should have made the eye holes bigger. We went from door to door shouting, Shell out, shell out, and collecting popcorn balls and candy apples and licorice twists and the Halloween toffees wrapped in, in orange and black waxed paper with designs of pumpkins and bats on them, of which I was especially fond. I loved the sensation of prowling abroad in the darkness, of being unseen, unknown, potentially terrifying, though all the time retaining underneath my own harmless, mundane, and dutiful self. There was a full moon, I think, 
There ought to have been one. The air was crisp. There were fallen leaves. Jack-o'-lanterns burned on the porches, giving off the exciting odor of singed pumpkin. Everything was as I'd imagined it beforehand, though already I felt it slipping away from me. I was too old. That was the problem. Halloween was for little children. I'd grown beyond it. I was looking down on it from my balloon. Now that I'd arrived at the moment I'd planned for, I couldn't remember why I'd gone to all that trouble. I was disappointed, too, at the response of the adults who answered the doors. Everyone knew who my friend Annie was portraying. Raggedy Annie, they cried with delight. They even got the pun. But to me, they said, And who are you supposed to be? My cape had a muffling effect, so I often had to repeat the answer twice. The Headless Horseman. The Headless what? Then, what's that you're holding? They would go on to say. It's the head of the Headless Horseman. Oh, yes, I see. The head would then be admired, though in the overdone way adults had of admiring a thing when they secretly thought it was inept and laughable. It didn't occur to me that if I'd wanted my costume to be understood immediately, I should have chosen something more obvious. However, there was one member of the audience who'd been suitably impressed. It was my little sister, who hadn't yet gone to bed when I'd made my way through the living room en route to the door. She'd taken one look at the shambling black torso and the big boots and the shiny-haired, frowning, bodiless head and had begun to scream. She'd screamed and screamed and hadn't been reassured when I'd lifted up the cape to show that it was really only me underneath.
sorry.
moving finger writes. And You've just had a heavy session of electroshock therapy, and you're more relaxed than you've been in weeks. All those childhood traumas magically wiped away, along with most of your personality. Now is the time, time for Spud. Spud, filled with the full rich flavor of potatoes. Spud, the beer brewed for people who can't taste the difference. When you say Spud, just put your mind on hold. Do what you're told and open a cold. Refreshing Spud, just watch your life go by. No need to try when you've got Spud.
psychological test we always do here. It's just a word association. I'll uh, throw you out a few words. Uh, anything that comes to your mind, just throw back at me, okay? It's just kind of an arbitrary thing. Like if I said dog, you'd say tree. tree. <laughs>
Wait a minute, that might be him now. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Coming! Hi, Michael. Hi, Ann. I just made some martinis just the way you like them. Oh, great. Did I just hear a shot? Yeah. It's a funny thing. I was walking up the driveway, and uh, my gun kind of went off accidentally, and I shot a rabbit. <laughs> he was digging up your garden. Yeah.
I think you're qualified for this job. Uh, how about a starting salary of $5,000? Yo, mama. Uh, $7,500 a year. Your grandma. 
$15,000, Mr. Wilson. You'll be the highest paid janitor in America. Just don't, don't hurt me, please. Okay. Okay. You want me to start now? Oh, no, no, no. It's all right. I'll clean all this up. I'll take a couple of weeks off. You look tired.
Yeah, she got up and said it too hard for 
for you, Cecil and Virginia Ramos. Take a breath. Take a breath. Smell a smell. Sniff a sniff and take a breath. You can move your feet to walk and you use your tongue to talk but your mouth and nose are waiting. Take a breath. Take a breath. Take a breath. Smell a smell, sniff a sniff, and take a breath. You can move your teeth to chew, but your face is turning blue. Get some air inside of you, just take a breath. You never think of breathing, though you do it all day long. You even have to breathe to sing this silly little song. You got to take a breath before you try to blow a bubble. And if you stop your breathing, you got big, big trouble. Smell, sniff a sniff and take a breath. There are many ways to play, but you're growing every day and you need your ventilation. Take a breath. You've got to do your breathing. Take a breath.
been in every bar, been in every honky-tonk, been trying to find my daddy with that broke-down piece of junk. Ask everyone to help me, cry and help me if you can. You'll know my daddy, he's that trombone-playing man. Where is my daddy? Tell me, where is my daddy? With that big, long, sliding thing. I even asked a man that played a steel guitar. He said that he don't need him to be moved eight feet far. He brought his amplifier and he hitched it in my plug. He planked it and he plunked it, but it just wasn't good enough. Cause I need my daddy, need my daddy with that big long sliding thing. Well, then a knock came at my door. I said, mm, my daddy's back. I opened up the door and there stood Piano Jack. He said, I came to do on your piano keys. I said, don't make me nervous. This ain't no time to tease. Just send me my daddy. Send me my daddy with that big long sliding thing.
Lost for Liberty South, 17 dead. Blackest black South Africa. Camera, action, blood and shoes. Remember the mountains of shoes? The commemoration of 69 slain in Sharpville? The militia swarms down on the marches, the township, and disenfranchised children become angry bands of roving youth, throwing rocks and epithets at billy clubs, automatic machine gun, tanks, cannon. It's sanctioned slaughter. Two cops transform a protester's head into mulch on the six o'clock news. Within minutes, the Patriarch of America II appears via satellite. Will he increase his hardline policy towards South Africa? No. The situation of apartheid is deplored by all, but these were rioters. And some of the police who stopped the violence were black. Video pornography. Piosis, he blames the slaves for slavery, whitewashes, and soft petals genocide. I'm out of my senses. Split, splab, hope of the lynch mob, land of the vigilante. World War II is now taking place an economic holocaust. Who remembers Mary Smokes? Who remembers Wounded Knee? Who remembers the Night of the Long Knives? Kent State? Jackson State? Attica? The Greensboro Five? Geronimo? In 1819, I was stoned to death in the streets of Philadelphia by three white women. Who am I? Hello, for months later, I am fighting to stay in the classroom, no opened mind. I'm teaching Lord of the Flies, telling the youth about Manson and Jim Jones's Temple of Doom, Sympathy for the Devil, Altamont, Hell's Angels. And this girl looks up to me and says, Are you making this up? Tim, who remembers the tongue of the man who has no tongue?